one half of pro wrestling's power couple, Dustin Five Star, here reminding you that Memphis Wrestling is back on Saturday mornings. Listen to me and my tag team partner, Quesarito, talk pro wrestling with some of the biggest names in the industry every Saturday in the main event of Cerrito Live, only on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. It's the only weekly wrestling segment on Memphis Radio. Guarantee that you never miss a show. Subscribe on iTunes to Cerrito Live for free and also check us out on CerritoLive.com. Are you one of the many necessary residents who suffer from everyday boredom? Do you sit around at night looking at your phone while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that'd be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's a trivia night with questions about stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes, including TV shows, movies, music, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, times, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com. Or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And by the way, did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for everyday boredom. Work side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high five eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverage, rock, kitchen scissors, and spending quality time with friends. Now play Cerrito Trivia every Monday night at Canvas, every Tuesday night at Rec Room, every Wednesday night at Tampa Tap Downtown, and Casual Pint Highland Row every Thursday night at the Green Beetle, the Arcade Restaurant, Memphis Maid's Tap Room, and Pimento's Kitchen and Market. So we get to you.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. Making their way to the radio from Memphis, Tennessee, the home of rhythm and bruise. Please welcome Kevin Cerrito and his tag team partner, Dustin Five Star. Time to talk wrestling on the radio. Welcome to the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. I am your host, Kevin Cerrito. Usually joined alongside Dustin Five Star, my tag team partner. He will join us uh, momentarily on this program. Uh, let me set the lineup for you. We've got coming up uh, in a moment the host of the most popular wrestling podcast in the world. He is Bruce Pritchard, of course, the host of Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, uh, a podcast that uh, you might have heard my voice on. You might have heard Dustin's voice on uh, fairly recently. Um, And we're going to have Bruce on the show today. Real excited about having Bruce Pritchard on the program. So you can still have a chance if you have a question you want to ask him. I know he kind of does podcast about that. But if you uh, you have a question you want to ask Bruce, you can tweet at me at Cerrito or tweet at Dustin at Dustin Starr. And also coming up this hour, Andrew Goldstein joins us each and every day before a pay-per-view and we are on the eve of money in the bank so andrew goldstein will be joining us he's a former wwe creative team member uh he'll have some great insight and analysis as we get ready for money in the bank the pay-per-view happening tomorrow which if you're looking for a place to watch it uh they do have watch parties for all the pay-per-views at uh, king jerry lawler's hall of fame bar and grill and they will have a watch party for money in the bank's pay-per-view tomorrow uh so get up to king jerry lawler's hall of fame bar and grill before each and every pay-per-view uh they have drink specials all night 
uh, and doors will open at 5 p.m. So you can watch Money in the Bank on Bill Street at the most Memphis wrestling place you can be anywhere. And really, like one of the most wrestling-themed places you can be anywhere. So much cool WWE stuff, even if you're not a fan of just the local stuff up there at Jerry Lawler's Bar on Beale Street. So the Money in the Bank watch party happening there tomorrow, but also a big event happening right now uh, up there at King Jerry Lawler's. And it involves our guest that's joining us. He is the Boogie Woogie Man, Handsome Jimbo. From Mempo. From Mempo, baby. Woo, message. Booga Wooga Man, feel good. Hey, baby, I want to tell my people, all my brothers and sisters, don't you dare. Miss Book 56 WHBQ Radio with Dustin Starr and yours truly, Kevin Roto, baby, my <laughs> brother, man. How you doing, Kevin? Mercy, Daddy. How you doing? That's great. That's a. That, yeah, that is. That is uh, fantastic. Thanks for 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 joining us today. I know you are right now. You're at Jerry Lawler's uh, Bar and Grill right now. This second, baby. Yes, sir. You know, hey, I'm here with my boy, my son, uh, Boogie Boy, and uh, my trusted manager. You know, the assassin and uh, the American assassin, of course, uh, Randy Hill. You know, the best uh, promoter, manager, brother. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in the history of professional wrestling and. Uh, the, the, the rest, uh, restaurant business, baby. You know, hey, he owned a whole chain of restaurants before, and he's making this fly, brother. Hey, people, I want you to come right now, brother. Hey, handsome Jimmy, yours truly is here today, baby, at King Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill at 159 Bill Street, baby, from 11 right now till 2 a.m., baby. And uh, again, I'm here with my son, Boogie Boy, and my trusted manager, the uh, American uh, assassin. And, of course, uh, everybody, man, they come in and uh, they, they always go for Randy. You know, Randy's the main man. He's the main cheese. He's a big cheese, baby, here. You know, when the Kingfish is gone, man, Kingfish uh, is uh, out of town today, but the handsome Jimmy's in town, Jack. And, um, hey, we just want to, everybody come on out. Hey. You know, I don't care. You know, here's the thing, Kevin. Hey, hey people, if you're driving down, uh, you know, uh, over there in Perkins Avenue or something, hey, make a U-turn, man. Come this way to Bill Street, brother, man. Come down to Union and come on down to Gary the King Lawless Hall of Fame Museum, 159 Bill Street, because we're all here from 11 to 2, and we're going to potty down. And um, don't worry about uh, getting the ticket, man, because um, – you know, Kingfish, he'll get you out of any ticket. So make that U-turn up on Perkins Avenue, brother, and uh, just tell the police, man, uh, go see Lala, man. You know, they know where he lives, you know. <laughs> and, um, hey, he'll take care of the ticket, man. You know, that's the whole thing, Kevin. And also, uh, like you said, you know, tomorrow night, baby, you know, um, hey, hey, come watch WWE. Money in the Bank tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Doors here open at uh, King Lawler's uh, Hall of Fame Museum, 159 Bill Street, for, at 5 o'clock. And here's the kicker, baby. No car charge, man. Just walk right in. It's free on the big screen, man. Hey, WWE, tomorrow night, money in the bank, all free. And remember, people, it's the, not only the greatest food here, but it's the coldest beer on Bill Street. It's cold. 
Ice cold. Yes, ice cold, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, we're, we're being joined by WWE Hall of Famer, uh, handsome, handsome, Jim, handsome Jimmy Valiant. He needs no introduction. How, so how did you roll into Mempho? Came in TWA, baby. Come rolling into Mempho. TWA. Tell all the ladies, handsome Jimmy's on his way. He's a rock guy in the roller. A little funky, too. Woo, mercy went to a honky-tonky pop. Other night, and he got silent, satisfied. Cause I was dancing with the Mary Lou. I had to call Steve, the red soul to the red sea. You're my man, brother. Hey, get back to the big picture. My, my boy, Boogie Boy, what's your name the other night, man? You know, yeah, 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 man. My, my boy, he, he's a tough cat, man. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, I love to see uh, uh, Dustin Style, man. You know, and uh, I just love you, Kevin, man. Yeah, you guys got the hottest station in the nation, and and I'll tell you something, Randy Hill, he's got the hottest thing going right here on Bill Street, brother, man. And you don't know who's coming in today, man. I mean, uh, hey, B.B. King may walk through that door. Elvis Presley, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, for sure, man. You know, you don't know who's coming here. She has to give me, man. Hey, I know Grandma Valiant's going to come in, you know. She's going to bring in some biscuits, man. You know, go with that uh, good uh, uh, barbecue. Kingfish got his own barbecue sauce. I just take Bambo's biscuits and put that barbecue sauce on there, brother. Hey, hey, I take that barbecue sauce and drink it down there like I, like uh, you know Ripple or something, man. I just down that stuff, brother. Hey, it's the best thing they're going. I'll tell you something, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mercy, Daddy. So you'll be up there till two o'clock today. It's a meet and greet. People can just come. They can just come and they shake hands, take pictures, autographs, all that stuff. You bet, you bet, you bet, you know, and uh, I'll tell you something else, man. Uh, yes, sir, yeah, Randy just brought me a whole jar of that, man. Oh, for, oh thank you, Randy. He, he brought this to, for my angel, my angel. Oh, God bless you, brother. What man. did he bring you? Oh, I ain't going gonna, gonna to bust it. He brought me a whole a quart of uh, uh, Gary the King Lawler's signature sauce, man, barbecue sauce, baby. Yeah, man, I'm gonna put that in my pocket, man. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you, Randy. God bless you. <laughs> oh, okay. I already got one in my pocket, man. I'm, they're clinging. He, he busted me, man. He busted me, brother. It's like going to Shell Station, man. Hey, hey, assassin, going to Shell Station, baby. Look out, baby. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, and uh, you know, uh, yeah. Hey, check out JimmyValiant.Weebly.com, y'all. You know, and I got a Hall of Fame museum for the kids. It's all free. Twenty-five years now. Kevin, we've been there, and uh, we're there Sundays only. It's in Charlottesville, Virginia, and, um, you know, yeah, man, me and uh, uh, Boogie Boy and uh, my my son and and, and, uh, Assassin, we we drove 17 hours to get here, brother, man. Hey, you know, know, I I used to fly a lot, man, but now, man, my arm gets too tired to be flying around, you know, so I drive, man. I drive, and uh, I ain't been to bed since 1956, brother. (laughs) So, um, hey, hey, I'm on the road, man, and uh, we got a double shot today, and we did a benefit for, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, yeah. Brickhouse. Brickhouse. Brown. Brickhouse, yeah. man. God bless him, man. Yeah, I gave him some brown sugar last night, baby. I said, man, I just sit down, brother, for Brick, man. He's in that cheer, man, and he's not got to stand up for you, brother. Hey, he told me about him inventing some exploding drawers, man. I said, if you stand up, them doors might explode, brother, man, and, you know, kill us all, man. But uh, I gave him some good sugar, man, and, uh, man, I love, love, love that cat. I, I was there the day he started, you know. I was there the day uh, everybody started, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I started right in 1956, and, um, 
you know, uh, I'll be 75, brother, man, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, in six weeks, August 6th, and I got my boots on right now. We're going to, uh, we're going to Bramer, Tennessee, you know, and, uh, man, we're going to rock that place tonight. So, hey, anybody out there, brother, after you come here from 11 to 2 to see Handsome Jimmy, then, hey, hey, brother, hey, we're going to Raymer and uh, we're in Tennessee, and we're going to wrestle tonight, and I'm getting in the ring, brother, and, um, hey, I can't get enough of it. I just want to be a goodwill ambassador, and Randy's so kind, man, Randy Hale. I just love him, man, and, uh, you, you know, I know Randy since he's a teenager, man, right there in Jonesboro, man, and, and uh, this kid is just a genius, brother, what he's done here with uh, the, this, this uh, Fire and Grill Hall of Fame for Jerry Lawler, and I take my hat off to him, and uh, I appreciate, I appreciate, I just want to be a goodwill ambassador for professional wrestling, and uh, man, just love the people, and uh, love the wrestling fans, that's what it's all about, Kevin, and you guys got the greatest show, man, and again, go to jimmyvaliant.weebly.com, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y, now there's two dots there, now, Jimmy Valiant, one word, dot, weebly, dot, I'm not plugging that. Now you understand, right? But you, got, and you go to go to the website. It's got the list of all the things you're doing this weekend. You're very busy at in Memfo when you come to town. Yes, sir. Yeah, every week uh, check see where handsome Jimmy is, man. And uh, I come in here. Uh, Randy brings me in, brother. You know, two three times a year, and uh, yeah, just to see the people. And again, I just want to hug everybody's neck, man, and love them, man, because uh, if it wasn't for the wrestling fans, brother, man, hey. You know, hey, where would Jerry the King Lawler be? Where would Handsome Jimmy, Austin Idol, hey, where would uh, Dundee be? Where would Randy Hales be, man? You know, hey, where would Dustin be and where would you be, you know, Kevin? Hey, man, it's all about the fans, brother. It's all about the fans and the barbecue. All right. Fans and and barbecue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and King Fizz Lawler, man, he's got the best barbecue. Hey, JR thinks he's got something. (laughs) JR, you know, and I love JR, brother, man, you know. Yeah, I used to put that. The, the, I used to put that Jr. barbecue sauce on a on on a, on a uh, 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 what, what do you call them sandwich bologna sandwich and 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 I used to put them on my flip flops, man. Hey, you know, but the, the Lawler's brother, hey man, I I could put them. I could put them on anything. That's the best sauce. Well, well look handsome, out, look out, hey, well, I'm gonna give handsome Jimmy. Yeah. I know you, you got to get back to the fans. You're up there. The meet and greet is happening yeah, right hey, now. They're lined up. They're lined they're up. Lined hey, up. People get. Come on, baby. Come on, man. Hey, come and see us. Three hours, baby. It's all over. Woo! It's, That's it. Be there, baby. Be there. Thank, thank, you, so thank, much, you, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Handsome Jimmy. And hopefully we can catch up again soon. You bet. God bless. You got the best thing going, man. Thank you, son. Bye-bye. Well, thank bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. WWE Hall of Famer, Handsome Jimmy Valiant. Uh, till 2 o'clock today, he's at Jerry uh, King Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill on Beale Street. Of course, the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour brought to you every week by King Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill. Go there tomorrow as well to watch Money in the Bank. I have to, My uh, tag team partner joins us now, bringing in Dustin Five Star. What's up, Five Star? Have mercy, Daddy. How can you not be fired up after having handsome Jimbo on the radio? From did he Memphis. say Kingfish? Did he say Kingfish, Kevin? He did say Kingfish. Because I'm calling in live from Destin, Florida, where yesterday, me and the five-star squad, we chartered a boat, and I went out there in deep sea fishing, and guess what I caught, Kevin? What's that? I caught a Kingfish. I'm the king! Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, call, call me back when you actually catch, catch a kingfish in the middle of the ring. 
I'll get out of here. I've caught the kingfish many, many times, but well, you, you know, today's a huge did you, show, but did you, man. Did, did you just hear Handsome Jimmy though? Like he, he, the best promo in the business, like in the history yeah. of the business, possibly. Like, yeah, we were talking. We're about to be joined by Bruce Pritchard, whose whose policy on his show, like, no guests needed, right? Like, if right. if you have Handsome Jimmy as your guest, no questions needed. He just talks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Handsome Jimmy, go out there and see him. He only comes to town a couple times a year. Mercy, He's Daddy. at Raymer, Tennessee, but he will be in Pocahontas, Tennessee, which is five minutes from Raymer. So go check him out tonight. Um, I love Handsome Jimmy Valley, and it sounds where, like he's a five-star guy. Kevin. Where, uh, Real quick, we got to do some plugs before we get to Bruce. What's your next wrestling show when you get back in town? Where are you going to be? Oh, so next Saturday we've got a double shot just like Handsome Jimmy tonight. We've got Auto Max in Jonesboro from 2 to 4 p.m. It's free pro wrestling. And then at 7 p.m., we're going to be in Pocahontas, Tennessee, right down the street from Raymer for SPWA Action. And next week, right here on Cerrito Live, guess who's going to join us, Kevin? Who, 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 who? Who, who? James E. Cornette returns to Cerrito Live next week. Can't wait. James E. Cornette. That... Or, or should I say, James E. Cornette is going to join the show. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> All right. Uh, but our guest this week is uh, we got a very exciting guest because um, his, his podcast, the most popular podcast uh, when it comes to wrestling on the entire planet. There's not one more popular than something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. And they, right. don't, they don't have guests on it ever, right? They never have guests. So it's it's kind of a, it's a big honor, really. That, that both you and I both have been on the podcast, even though they don't have guests. And, right. And so, so we we set up our interview. Here is the clip. Well, this is very uh, meta, I guess, because we're playing a clip of our show that they edited <laughs> and played on their show. Uh, something to wrestle with. So here here is our big appearance on something to wrestle with. So joining us right now is the man, the, the legendary promoter for Memphis Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Cerrito Live, Jerry Jarrett. How you doing today, man? Well, you know, got uh, allergies, but otherwise I'm doing great. Are you aware of your new pro wrestling internet popularity? No. Not at all? Uh-huh. Okay, are you aware that Bruce Pritchard, I know you know who Bruce Pritchard is, are you, are you aware that he has a podcast? Uh, no. No? Okay. No. What would you say is your favorite food? My favorite what? Well, you know, sitting. Food, like thing to eat. What's your favorite food to eat? I'm still not hearing you. You're like, what do you like to have oh, for lunch? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm big on pasta. Pasta? Do you have a special chicken salad recipe? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I do a lot of cooking. And, uh... In my chicken salad, I put grapes and apples and dice them up. It has a mayonnaise base, and it's very good. Everybody likes it. Well, you know. All right, there you there you have it. That was our, <laughs> our, our appearance on something to wrestle with. Mul- multiple times they played that a very nicely edited version of our interview with with Jerry Jarrett, which we will talk to our guest about now. He is Bruce Pritchard, brother love himself, joins us on the program. What's up, Bruce? Huh? <laughs> we know. All right. How, how do you top that? <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks for joining us, Bruce. Uh, Bruce, who will be in St. Louis tomorrow. Tickets still available. St. Louis, very close to Memphis. So if you want to go see their live show, Bruce Pritchard, Conrad Thompson, uh, you still got tickets available for their live show tomorrow in St. Louis. Uh, you can uh, get up there tomorrow. But first things first, Bruce, um, we got to talk about Jerry Jarrett, right? Got to talk about Jerry Jarrett. Because you're, you were talking in we Memphis. You don't have to. I mean, if you want to have a <laughs> Well, because, okay, so we took some heat for, for asking Jerry Jarrett these questions because in these parts, Jerry Jarrett is, he, he is a wrestling icon. He's considered a genius when it comes to professional wrestling. You, on the other hand, have a completely different view than Memphians of Jerry Jarrett. This territory respects Jerry and said, this guy is, is great. He has the sign on his wall that says, uh, personal issues draw money and all of that. Why do you hate Jerry Jerry? Well, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. I just, uh, it's, I, I worked with Jerry Jerry during the time that he was in the WWE, and I never saw any of that genius. Never heard it, never saw it. But the only thing that I got from him was that he was uh, talented enough to handle some great bookers to handle his creative there in Memphis. It made him a lot of money. So he surrounded himself with, is your opinion, with with the with the talented people. The genius came from other yes. other folks, like Jerry Lawler, yeah. I guess. Jerry um, Lawler, Bill Dundee, Dutch Mantel. Right, you work with you work with Dutch now in Impact Wrestling, uh, but but yeah. then it still goes back to uh, the dispute. And we, this has kind of been a storyline on our show because we've been asking, we've been trying to investigate. Like we are the. Um, Dustin, what's the name of the the fashion police? Right, the fashion police. We're the, right. we're the no, fa- we're... fashion police of what would happen if um, if Vince McMahon went to jail in the 1990s. So uh, we asked Jerry Lawler the question. We asked Jerry Jarrett when he was on the show. He claimed, yeah, he would have taken over WWE in the 1990s. Something Bruce, you dispute. We then asked Jerry Lawler uh, just a couple weeks ago that same question. Here's what the King had to say. Last week on the show, King, we had your former business partner, Jerry Jarrett, on the show. And yep. wrestling legend has it that if Vince McMahon would have gone to jail in the 1990s for steroids, he was on trial for steroids, that Jerry Jarrett was tapped to run WWF at the time and be in charge. Did you ever have conversations with Jerry about that? Or um, did he ever like say, hey, if I end up taking over WWF, I'm going to need you to do the, you know, to, to, to be the booker for the six months out of the year? Well, no, uh, we didn't go so far as to say, talk about who's going to do the booking, but no, that was without a doubt. I mean, that's not wrestling legend. That's a fact. Well, there you go. Not not wrestling legend. It is a fact. Sure. Respond to the king there, Bruce. Can you, well, uh, can you play me your interview with Vince McMahon saying that? Vince <laughs> McMahon saying that? Or Pat <laughs> Patterson saying that? Or anybody that was involved in having to deal with him from the WWF side of things ever saying that? So you have two people, both named Jerry partners, business partners, and Jerry Lawler, who the only information that he got on that was from Jerry Jarrett. So, again, uh, get Vince McMahon on and have him say that, yeah, by God, he was going to put his company in the hands of Jerry Jarrett, and I'll give you every single dollar. I will sign my home over to you. <laughs> oh, wow. But, but, I mean, the king is, you have to admit, though, the king is pretty close. You, you were Vince's right-hand man, but the king is pretty close to Vince McMahon. As well, not just Jerry Jerry. Well, first of all, well, King wasn't even working there at the time. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're as close as he is with a talent that he worked with. But they didn't. Uh, Jerry Lawler was never involved in the business end of anything with the WWE. 
All right. So, so who was going to tell Who he, was, he was a talent? Always has been so. Who was going to take over? So the Bruce Pritchard story is it's not going. It wasn't going to be Jerry Jarrett. What was the plan? There had to be a plan. See, all the department heads were essentially going to run the company. Linda McMahon would have assumed the figurehead company as of the company, and everybody else would have been business as usual. And that's what we were doing a lot during that time with Pat and I handling a lot of the booking and the creative end of things. And Linda stepping up more on the business side of things. But there were people, several people, uh, from the financial with Doug Sages and promotions and business and marketing with Basil DeVito and Bob Collin. It was a team. There was no one individual. You know, right. Vince used Jerry Jarrett as a consultant during those years, which sparked, you know, that speculation, that feel, oh, my God, he's going to bring Jerry Jarrett in to run the company if he goes to jail. Who? It was never the plan, and I was in and I was in those meetings of what would happen if. Right. And what would happen yeah. if is that we would all assume our roles that we had at that time, and we would continue to run the company as if Vince were still there. All right, we're talking with Bruce Pritchard, and okay, but I guess the one question I've I've always wondered was who would have ran the XFL if Vince went to jail? <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have been me. Yeah, 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 I loved it so much. <laughs> Let's switch gears. No, you want to find out how much I loved it, and and the, and the other side of you know the, the thirty thirty deal that was produced by Dick Eversall's son. Um, if you want to hear the other side of that, go check that out on our podcast, Something Rest with Bruce Pritchard. If I get in, in depth with that, I had a completely different experience in the XFL in my time. I did everything in my power to try and not be involved in the XFL. All right, we're talking we're talking with Bruce Pritchard. Dustin, I, I know you got some questions for him. Yes, absolutely. But before we talk some Memphis wrestling, Bruce, this one here is for you. And, of course, Conrad Thompson. Because I want to talk some Memphis wrestling. There's been a whole lot of tweets and questions that have come in. So many legends have come through Memphis from Jimmy Hart, who's a friend of the show, James E. Cornett, who joins us next week, the King, etc. I just hung up with James E. Cornett. Yeah, we got to do the James E. Cornett voice before you go, though. What did he say? I clicked over from him to take your call to do this show. (laughs) What were y'all talking about? What were y'all talking about? Oh, we had business together. We, we talked. All right. Stop being James so nosy, Kevin. Hey, it's my yeah, job. But, <laughs> but Bruce, I, I even spent some time in WWE developmental. I worked under uh, your brother, Dr. Tom Pritchard. But uh, thing, something that I've gathered over the years is there's been a negative connotation or a negative reputation for Memphis as being a hokey, southern style and that kind of stuff. But yet so many legends have come through Memphis or started their careers in Memphis. Tell us about the reputation on the inside of WWE about Memphis and what you guys think of the style and all that good stuff. Well, Memphis was definitely a different style, and it was it was not a big man territory. And where I came from in Houston was a was a big man territory where they always used bigger guys. New York was a big man territory where they always had big guys. And Memphis, I think, relied more on guys that could bump in a little bit different pace of a match. And they also rely heavily on gimmicks. And they had a lot of gimmicks. And I think that the portrayal from outside of Memphis was that the Memphis territory was that hokey wrestling territory. Right. Um, personally, 
you know, I enjoyed it. I, I thought that it supplied some of the greatest uh, promos from, you know, most guys in the business. I think Jerry Lawler is one of the, the greatest, if not the greatest talker, you know, ever uh, in the business. Because you can put Lawler in any situation and just say go, and he can talk. Oh, yeah. And make it entertaining. So, you know, there, there, there are those guys, and there is some great talent, I think, that has come out of Memphis, Tennessee. But overall, the perception on the outside, if you weren't one of the Memphis boys, you weren't taken care of, your pay wasn't that great, and it was a hokey territory to the majority of the rest of the wrestling business. I, mean, it's, I, I think it's, it's unfair for, for WWE, 1990s WWE, to act like somebody else is hokey or gimmicky because that, not, <laughs> the mid-90s WWE, when you had wrestling plumbers and stuff, was just, just the same as, which, as Memphis wrestling. Which the plumber was from Memphis. T.L. Hopper was <laughs> the dirty go. white boy, who you mention a lot on the podcast there. And I know the WWF Developmental uh, was here in Memphis twice with Memphis Championship Wrestling and then Power Pro Wrestling. And Power Pro Wrestling, I want to talk was to you about my, that. And that was my doing. And let me give you the reason why. Okay. Because we had, we had Memphis, we had Florida, we had Cincinnati, we had Atlanta, we had Louisville, we also had California. And I think that if you were to take any of those individually, you could pick every single one of them apart. Um, we also had what I wanted to do was one up in uh, Massachusetts as, as well. Uh, but the idea behind it was so that talent could experience different crowds and experience different parts, different ways that the business was run all over the country. And I do feel that Memphis, good God, you know, you, you look at some of the guys uh, uh, like Ricky Moore, <laughs> that I consider a, a Memphis guy. That right. If you were going to do a, a selling 101 class and you didn't uh, just show film with Ricky Morton, then you're doing something wrong. So agree, yeah. There, there's something you can learn from every every part regionally around the, the country. California was completely different. Everybody thought that was a joke out in California, but the guys learned something else. And, and one of the things that they learned was how to take care of their bodies, and because there were a lot of bodybuilders out there that were. There's an emphasis on look, and they also learned how to act and react better because of the Hollywood element that was out in California. So you had uh, the Southern wrestling. Again, I'm a fan of it. So I wanted guys to be able to experience things from all over. The other uh, element that that Memphis provided us in the developmental territory had live television every Saturday. Right. Yeah. One of the things Absolutely I wanted to ask you about is valuable. while you're talking, yeah, you're talking about learning. We had live television for so long. I know that you uh, even said that Memphis was one of the toughest territories for Vince to crack. One of the greatest wrestlers to ever come out of Memphis through the developmental system, in my opinion, was Kurt Angle. It started right there at Power Pro Wrestling, and I've always heard the stories. Brandon Baxter is a good friend of mine. He said that they were specifically told, he was one of the only guys that they were specifically told not to beat and they had to get special permission. And I know you worked really closely with Kurt, but they had to get special permission for Steve Bradley. Rest in peace, by the way. And I want to ask you about him in a minute. But had to get special permission for Kurt Angle to be beaten by Steve Bradley to drop the title to go and debut at WWE. Can you tell us a little bit of uh, insight on, on Kurt Angle with Memphis and that whole story? Kurt coming in as, as a uh, Olympic gold medalist, we had huge plans for Kurt. And that direction came directly from me. So I didn't want... Um, the stereotypical 
uh, Kurt Angle getting beat on TV and then Memphis folks going, hey, we've got, because we wanted to do an undefeated streak with Kurt for a while. And I didn't want them to come back and say, hey, we've got him on TV getting beat by Jerry Lawler and everybody else under the sun. Right. To protect against that, I didn't want Kurt, didn't want Kurt getting beat, uh, especially on TV. So, um, yeah, that's just, it, it was just a, a directive that was going to lead into our storyline when we brought him in on TV. A lot of diehard um, Memphis wrestling fans want to hear a couple of Steve Bradley stories. What's your thoughts on Steve Bradley? I know he, he died at a, unexpectedly at a really early age, but it seemed like he just had kind of a Rob, Dan, Rob Van Dam type of feel about him, like he could have been a big star. You know, Steve came to us, and he came to us, I believe he was from Massachusetts, and he had a, a really smooth way in the ring. He was a good kid, and unfortunately, he was such of a good worker that Steve got put into that position to be able to get other guys over, and that was that was his role. That was his role on the car, and that was his role in developmental, was to help guys learn and to be able to be in the ring with someone who could teach and someone who was good enough to get other people over and help show other talent how to get themselves over. All right, we're talking with Bruce Pritchard here on the program from Something to Wrestle With. He'll be in St. Louis tomorrow for his live show. How do we get a live show here in Memphis? What do we need to do? Get a pay-per-view? Well, you know what, man? When uh, I'd love that. When WWE comes to Memphis and they've got a pay-per-view or some big event, by God, you should be looking around for something to wrestle with live with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson coming to Memphis at that point. Well, I hope you're still doing the show in 10 years because that's probably how long it's going to be before we get another pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> no, Memphis is a good market for them. They'll be there before long. Um, we got to have uh, Valentine's have Day Fast land Lane. on a Sunday again or something for another St. Well, Valentine's Kevin, Day message. We had Fastlane here just a couple of years ago, so maybe it won't be 10 years. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. We uh, had the Yes Movement here. That is true. Oh, no. I yeah. Hey, well, we've had unbelievable moments here in WWE, Memphis wrestling moments here, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. Okay, so... Well, you, ra- know. you know. You know. <laughs> you know. Rating, ratings are down right now in WWE, so tell, tell me, Bruce, what is it like when, like, in the modern era... I know during the Monday Night Wars it was probably very intense and looking at the ratings every day, but, like... It, it, in this post WCW era, like how much does Vince worry about these ratings, and how long do they need to be down for him to make a big move, or what's that like conversation and vibe behind the scenes when when ratings are down? You know, whenever I hear somebody talking about ratings being down, when you compare it to the, the the Attitude Era and a different time in the business, it's a different, it's a completely different animal right now. In in the 90s, we didn't have a network uh, that people could go to and have a plethora of wrestling product to choose from 24-7. We didn't have the access that people have right now. Uh, the Internet wasn't in play the way that it is now. So it's a completely different business. The ratings may be down, but ratings overall and the number of people and eyeballs that are watching television today versus what they did back in the 90s is it's a completely different landscape. You look at Netflix, you look at the WWE Network and Hulu and all of these other different subscription services that have taken people away from traditional, whether it be broadcast or cablecast television. 
But, and if they're yeah. not getting what they want today, then they can just go to the network and get what they liked yesterday. Well, that, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, in, even in comparison, like the numbers from this year versus last year are down. So if you're comparing 2017 and 2016, like you know, as Vince, does he just go by the philosophy that you're you're saying right now, which is this is a whole new era? It doesn't matter. Um, or they, is he they thinking go by the philosophy? No, they go by the philosophy of business. And if their business is good yeah. and they're making more money than they were last year, and they're continuing to be able to satisfy the demands of their cable providers and the people that are paying them those rights fees, then yes, they are happy. And it goes back to you've got a uh, universal uh, USA network that is happy with the ratings and they're happy with what they're doing. And they're, they're happy to be the number one shows usually on Monday night. And, and, and right. granted, they haven't been, uh, you know, I, I see those ratings sometimes and they love hip hop. What the hell is that? But <laughs> also, you know, there's not, there's not, you know, 24 seven worth of love and hip hop elsewhere for people to right. go and get. So I think they're happy with their network subscriptions uh, people paying their nine ninety nine or whatever the hell it is a month. I think they're happy with the number of people that are coming to uh, live events, and I think that as long as the network is happy with what they're providing to them, then I, yeah. all's good. Very true. You, th- you think they're going to have to negotiate another TV deal? That I, there would be some concern because there is money involved in that. That that the ratings need to be somewhere to get the money from the TV stations. But well, uh, they are, and, and and again, when when they're the number one thing on the network. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you do. Um, have, you, st- you have the power. Exactly. Right. So that's what people like to find. Well, they're, they're down from where they were. Okay, but you know what? They're still the best on the network. All right, we're talking. Hey, we're talking with, with yeah. Bruce Pritchard. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, I just wanted to stay on topic there. Um, I know you're still still watching the product and everything else. Who's your favorite in the WWE ring right now? Who's your favorite talent to watch? Wow. Um, I know, probably, I know, right? uh, probably three of them is going to be Bray Wyatt, AJ, and uh, I'm, I'm digging Samoa Joe stuff right now. Samoa has been great, the, especially the past two weeks. Southern um, wrestler in there, Kevin. Yeah, he, th- he threw in. Yeah, AJ Styles <laughs> is the best wrestler on the planet right now, without question. AJ Styles is 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 the yeah. best, and. Uh, I'm curious. Why do you think? Why do you think he's not on the top? I think he's the perfect guy to be your top babyface in WWE while you're still grooming Roman Reigns for that spot. While you're still working on getting Roman there, why not have AJ as your number one guy? The the smart fans like him. The kids like him. Uh, what's holding What's holding him back from Vince McMahon? Is it his Is it his age or his association with Impact Wrestling or is it his Southern accent? What is it? <laughs> Probably a southern accent, but no, you know, <laughs> oh, I think no. that AJ, and, and I had this talk with AJ before I left TNA uh, back in 2013, where we got into a heated argument, and I, I sat there and I looked at him and said, you know, if I could get that guy on camera, I said, there's no stopping you. And that was the light bulb, I think, that went off for him, stop playing wrestler. Mm-hmm. and be Allen and be passionate about what you do and what you want. And he did that, and I think that that was kind of what, um, plus his in-ring work is, is tremendous. Look, time will tell, and I do believe that A.J. writing it out and doing what he's doing, Cream will always rise to the top, and people recognize talent. 
Um, you know, the same thing, people all yelled and screamed about Daniel Bryan not getting his break, not getting his break. He did. He did eventually. It's just timing. It has to be the right time, and it has to be it's, in a, it's on their timeline. All right, we're wrapping things up. I think AJ is going to be there. Yeah, I, I, he's 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 doing outstanding. We're wrapping things up with Bruce uh, Pritchard. So, uh, when are we going to get a table for three on the WWE Network with you, Tony Schiavone, and Conrad? Is that is that? <laughs> That'd be great. I love it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, I wouldn't you, hold your breath. <laughs> who who would be if 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 they if you eventually do make up with WWE and you're going to do a Bruce Pritchard table for three show on the WWE Network? Who who are the other two guys sitting at that table? Well, Pat Patterson would have to. You know, I mean, a great table for three would be me, Vince, and Pat. Oh, yeah, that, that would be, would be The great. arguments we used to have, the, the, the road trips that we used to have, and the, the arguments that we used to get into, but also all the fun that we had, would be great. If, if, you, could, if you could get Pat and, and Pat and Vince to just lighten up and go for it and, and have some fun and, and take the wall down, it would be a blast. So that was that. That, I, that sounds awesome. I have one more old school question for you, Bruce, um, regarding another guy who was legendary in Memphis wrestling, and I think you worked very, very close with him, probably in Houston. How about Eddie Gilbert? Hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Do you have any good, good things about hot stuff in Memphis, or even just your dealings with him? You know, he had legendary feuds here with Jerry the King Lawler. Gilbert, man, yeah, I, I love that whole damn Gilbert clan. Um, every one of them, great people, Tommy. Deggy, Doug, Eddie, love them all. And Eddie and I had a blast. Eddie Gilbert's the reason that, uh, who got me into WWF. He's the one that talked to Vince McMahon for me and about me. And nice. got them interested in, you know, taking, taking a chance on the kid that they didn't know. So um, that was, you know, that was all Eddie Gilbert. And that was Eddie sticking up and saying, hey, uh, I know a guy in Houston who who does an awful lot. Uh, gave me Vince's number, gave Vince's my, Vince my number, and the rest, as I say, is history. All right, yeah. Bruce, we really appreciate you joining us. We're big fans of the podcast. As I mean, if you, you're if you're a wrestling fan and you're not a, a, a listener of the podcast, you're you're not really a wrestling fan, I guess. So something to wrestle with. If you have not heard about it, uh, you need to, to download it, listen to the podcast, Bruce Pritchard, Conrad Thompson. We talk about it often on this program, and we appreciate you guys talking about us on your show. Um, last question for you, Bruce. We've got Andrew Goldstein coming up. He joins us every month to preview uh, WWE pay-per-views. He used to be a writer. Do you remember anything about Andrew working in WWE? Yeah, I remember Andrew, definitely. No, no stories, no nothing? No, I mean, he Can also you... worked there. You know, he worked at Spike uh, after the fact. Andrew was a good guy. Can you talk some smack about Andrew so we can talk some smack about him so we can hold it over talk. his head? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, is he going to beat me up on Twitter? Do I have to do I have to <laughs> right. him through this week? What the hell? <laughs> All right, Bruce. Thanks for joining. Everybody follow Bruce on Twitter at Bruce Pritchard and no T in there. No T in his name. And uh, listen to the podcast. Thank you so much, Bruce. Guys, thank you very much. Have a great one. Uh, it's Bruce Pritchard, uh, wrestling legend. That would be a great table for three. Vince, oh, man. Pat Patterson, Bruce Pritchard. That would be awesome. And if he could help us get Vince on the show, we will absolutely ask him if Jerry Jarrett was really going to take over the WWF. And for those people out there who have not listened to Something to Wrestle With, 
a couple of his primary voices and impressions that he does every single episode are guys that started and came through Memphis. Yep. James James E. Cornette, Jerry Jarrett. I mean, it's just it's just fun for anybody that grew up watching Memphis wrestling or has an interest in Memphis wrestling to uh, to listen to that. Very cool. All right, Dustin, we got to let you go because we're going to be joined by Andrew Goldstein next as we preview Money in the Bank. We're way past time for our break, so we will talk Sounds to you. Good. We will see you here in studio I'm next hit the week. Beach. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to hit the beach, and you make sure you tell Andrew that I went 5-1 and one on pay-per-view predictions last week. Yeah, last week. There's so many pay-per-views. We're previewing one while you're talking about how well you did last <laughs> week. There's too right. many pay-per-views. All right, thanks, Dustin. That's Dustin, five-star. You, of course, follow him on Twitter at Dustin Star. We'll take a quick time out and be right back. You're listening to the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour here on Sports Entertainment 56 and 87.7 FM. Are you one of the many necessary residents who suffer from everyday boredom? Do you sit around at night looking at your phone while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that'd be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's a trivia night with questions about stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes, including TV shows, movies, music, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, times, weekly themes, and dream specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com. Or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And by the way, did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for everyday order. Warning side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high five, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverage, white pickle scissors, and spending quality time with friends. Now play Cerrito Trivia every Monday night at Canvas, every Tuesday night at Rec Room, every Wednesday night at Tampa Tap Downtown, and Casual Pint Highland Row every Thursday night at the Green Beetle, the Arcade Restaurant, Memphis Maid's Tap Room, and Pimento's Kitchen and Market. Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and papas. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's the modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 on South Main at the Green Beetle and every Friday night from 8 to 10 in Cooper Young at the Memphis Made Tap Room. For more info, visit the bingo page at CerritoTrivia.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. Now, back to the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back. Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. We talk wrestling on the radio every Saturday. If you miss a portion of the show, catch the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Player FM, Stitcher, all over the place. Also, CerritoLive.com. Listen to the show. If you missed it, we had Bruce Pritchard on already today. We've had Handsome Jimbo from Memfo uh, on the show. But every month, we're joined by a former WWE creative team member. Every month, it's more than that because there's more than one pay-per-view a month. He joins us before every pay-per-view, Andrew Goldstein, and he joins us now. What's up, Goldstein? Cerrito, you know, last time I was on, I was driving. This time I'm on a fishing boat, but I never uh, let anything get in the way of my uh, bi-weekly call with you guys, it looks like. Yeah, it's 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 pretty regular. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to your go- solid gold predictions in a minute. But I, I got to ask you something. That's a big, I, we're a big fan of wrestling podcasts. Who isn't these days? Why, why are you not the co-host of Cheap Heat yet? <laughs> I have guest-hosted uh, and uh, just been a guest on the show many times. It's really, it really comes down to a time thing. I, I just don't. Uh, it'd be really hard for me to get out in the middle of the day. I think they they record on Wednesdays. But Peter's one of my best friends, and uh, that guy Greg's doing a, a great job. 
And, uh, you know, never say never in the world of professional wrestling. All right, I was just, I was just curious, because when Brian Campbell did a great job filling for, for Shoemaker, and but they kind of got this, they, they, the, the show's missing something right now, and they could maybe use a little Goldie, but we're happy to have you here. Uh, yes, spread the word. On, on this show, so I'll, I'll tweet at him. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll text that guy. All right, so we're going to preview money in the bank, which I, very outspoken about, think should be a, a, a co-branded pay-per-view. It should not just be a SmackDown pay-per-view. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's kind of the Royal Rumble to SummerSlam to me. Um, and it's only one brand, and the, the card is not very exciting outside the main event. Um, what are your initial thoughts here as so we go into Money in the Bank 2017? Well, over, overall, I, you know, I think it should take the place of Survivor Series as one of the big four, because Survivor Series has kind of lost its luster over the last decade. Uh, but, that being said, I, I agree with you. I think it's you know, being a branded pay-per-view, we're losing a little star power because Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank should be a a emphasized you know quarterly pay-per-view. But uh, that being said, I'm pretty excited. I mean, if you look at any WrestleMania, you'd have, and if you had these six guys in a Money in the Bank, I think everybody would be looking forward to that match opening the WrestleMania. So uh, I'm excited for the main event. I'm excited for the ladies. Yeah, the, 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 it is a good main event. It it it's just something about I don't because we had this debate with Dave Schilling on the show a couple weeks ago. He does he thinks it's fine being a SmackDown pay per view, but I like it's it's so big. There's not anything in WWE right now that crosses over more into memes and stuff like Bernie Sanders running out with the briefcase, you know, and, and things like that. Like the Money in the Bank briefcase is so big, like just in the pop culture crossover, you know, the RKO st- type of crossover that like it sh- should be one of your biggest. Uh, and you should put your most time and effort into this pay per view, and not just have it be I, a two weeks after Extreme Rules. So I I totally agree. And you know, just listening to you talk, I was thinking uh, it, to make it a, a co branded pay per view. If in the in the briefcase instead of a title shot, if it was a free, if it was your free agency, ooh, that, that could be pretty cool because they, you know, people who feel sort of uh, put upon on Raw or put upon on SmackDown by the by management, you get your you can sign your free agency at any time to jump brands and go after you know somebody on the uh, on the other show. That, that could be pretty. That could be a pretty cool two point Yeah, that's and that's a good idea. And if even not just for Money in the Bank, do it at Survivor Series, which is going to be your co branded Raw versus SmackDown. Put it somehow in a stipulation for something at Survivor Series, maybe to spice that yeah. up. Uh, all right, we're talking with Andrew Goldstein. You can follow him at Ainge Gold on Twitter. We don't have much time this week. Went over uh, we were talking with Bruce Pritchard. Of course, we knew I was going to take a minute. It wasn't three hours like his podcast, but it was oh my goodness, <laughs> pretty long. All right, so we've got. Is there a chance Lana can win the women's championship? So here's here's how I would put that whole situation, and I think it has a chance of happening. I think because of the lead up, I think Lana pulls the upset over Naomi, and I think. Charlotte goes over in the women's uh, Money in the Bank and cashes in immediately on Lana, and you go and you're off to the races with your hot, you know, arguably yes. your hottest female mm. competitor and your most, you know, athletic. You know, it, it just the story tells itself. That, that's this, exa- that's what's going to happen. This is that's one of your solid gold picks right there. Uh, yeah, that makes total sense. That's why Lana's there to win it and then lose it. But geez, how many undeserving champions is SmackDown going to have in the in like a one month span from Jinder Mahal now to, to Lana becoming a, a champion? But I guess they don't care. So I, I, I like your prediction, and that settles what you think is going to happen in the women's match. 
Yes, uh, they go hand in hand, and I think SmackDown is sort of being branded as the land of opportunity. Uh, so we see Jinder, and we, we see Lana, and uh, I think, I just reading the tea leaves, I, I see it being uh, a quick one for Lana, but then Charlotte ends up walking out with the title, and you're off to the races with, with uh, you know, beauty versus the, the actual, I mean, they're both beauties, but like the superficial champion and the actual you know, working champion. Yeah, she's like the people's champion, really, right now. She really is. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's great. And the part of having now the women's match, the women's money in the bank, like it really does set up, like you ha- you can do that. You can cash have a cash-in the same night and still have the men's cash-in later on. So uh, it gives them the opportunity to really play when they cash-in uh, and what, because you'll be satisfied with that one cash-in at the pay-per-view like, sure. like Dean did last year. I'm assuming that you're saying the Usos are going to make it past somehow the New Day, right? They're going to keep the titles for a minute. I think so. I think the New Day are better chasing. I mean, we had a, over a year of them with the titles. We know what that looks like. We know what that sounds like. I think it's it's fun to watch them chase. It's fun to, to let them work uh, without the titles. I think the Usos are doing the best work of their career. Why not keep the titles from the heel champion? All right, we've only got a couple minutes left. Does Jinder lose the title to Randy Orton in his hometown? I mean, the ratings are down. I don't think so. I think Ginger retains. I think they put all the money into his music and entrance. <laughs> and uh, it, it, they've invested a lot in this Ginger character. I don't think having, putting the title back on Randy Orton buys you much of anything, especially going into SummerSlam. I think it stays on Ginger because Cena's coming back, because Rusev's coming back. Uh, those are stories that, uh, again, tell themselves. So I, I think Randy loses in his hometown, as is the WWE way. Yeah, I don't blame Jinder for the ratings dip as much as Randy. Like, I think Randy's so stale. Like, Randy would be worse to be your champion than Jinder. At least you get some fresh matchups and John Cena's big return for 4th of July to not necessarily beat Jinder on the 4th, but at least challenge him and, and have some type of a confrontation. Uh, on on July fourth uh, makes sense, but you're right. Gender's intra entrance is now like a top three entrance already, right? He's it's up incredible. There. He's up there with like I, Sinska, you know yeah. I I emailed a, a an Indian comedian friend of mine who, and I told him I was like, I know you're not watching wrestling, but just you got to watch SmackDown. Turn it on. And he was going crazy for it. He was telling all of his friends, all of his family, oh, wow. like, Yo, this is happening. This is incredible. And they were loving it. So, so I don't it, think it's, it's I don't working. think it's offending anybody. Yeah. And 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 it's it's really dynamic. All right, we have like 30 seconds. Who's winning the Money in the Bank ladder match? I hate to say it. I think I think they're going to put it on Corbin. I think they're going to give the briefcase to Corbin. I think it makes sense. I think he, he, he'll he look the, the most natural carrying the briefcase down week after week after week. It could go eight, nine, ten months right. before he cashes in. It, w- it won't be Kevin Owens. Um, I'd like it to be AJ Styles, but because um, man, you complain about AJ's booking at WrestleMania, like going wrestling Shane McMahon. His booking, like post WrestleMania, has not been very stellar. Well, I just don't understand. They t- took best heel in the company and they made him a babyface. So, and, but they're not you making know. him the top guy. It's one thing if he was the I, number one guy because he could be the number one guy. But he's not. 100%. He's. But anyway, All right, and, we gotta, and, they're, and they're turning Zayn into a comedy act. Nakamura's yeah. not being booked correctly. It's, it's, it's been disappointing, but the match, I think, will be incredible. All right, Andrew, we will talk to you before the next pay-per-view. Great balls of fire! Yes, sir. Right. Thank you. I look forward to it. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll talk to you next week from high atop Mount Mariah!